What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the PicSwap Media YouTube channel. My name is Sean Bernard. As always, no James with me today, but I'm here today to take a look at the James Harden trade situation. We know everything that is going on. You can tune into some past episodes for me and James' thoughts on how things have unraveled with the just whole situation going on with James Harden and Daryl Morin being at each other's throats, the NBA invest investigation that has gone on. Sham Sharania did report today that the liar comments were referencing James Harden telling Daryl or Daryl Morey telling James Harden that if he opted in, he would be traded, quote unquote, quickly, which who knows? I don't I can't say a world where Daryl Morey specifically said that. But regardless, it is a good thing that that is the issue and not some handshake agreement that many have speculated from the season before. But regardless, the James Harden and Sixers drama is far from being over. So today I want to take a, a little bit of a step back in the picture, think outside the box a little bit and look at some teams where James Harden could make sense for. He's obviously a very unique player, very unique skill set. The guy who has made the game and played basketball in a different style than a lot of guys with the step back three. He's obviously become more of a playmaker in his later days. So I want to take a look at what teams he could potentially make sense for outside of just the Los Angeles Clippers, which continue to be mentioned and are very clearly the team that James Harden has circled on where he wants to go. So without further ado, let's dive into it and let's talk some trades. All right, so to kick things off here, I want to dive in and look at the odds of where James Harden will play next year. This is obviously not something that you can die on a hill on. I can, I've seen a, a ton of variance in the odds based on the betting website and where you should look at. For me personally, I had bookies.com email me and send me this list. So I won't, did want to go off this and reference this. Frankly, any list that you can get these Sixers at plus money on, I do think there is value in at this point in time. I do think Daryl Morey is willing to play hardball, and I think it's very much on the table that this drags out into the regular season. So if you can get that for plus value, I think there's some tremendous value in that. But let's take a look at the, the uh, odds that bookies.com has set. The Clippers leading the pack at plus 500. The Atlanta Hawks in second at plus 550, which was surprising to me. I do not have a Hawks trade within this video. I could not come up with one that makes sense. DeJounte Murray is not tradable right now with the extension. Uh, Trey Young, I can't see a world where Trey Young and James Harden can survive on the court together. So it would have to be a swap in that scenario. And I don't see the Hawks doing that, nor would I if I were them. So I don't see the Hawks as a James Harden uh, landing point. Number three on the list is the Minnesota Timberwolves at plus 650. The Sixers at plus 750 behind him. The Heat at plus 800. Portland Trailblazers at plus that plus a thousand. New Orleans Pelicans at plus a thousand. Lakers at plus fifteen hundred. Rockets at plus seventeen fifty. And I did think it was funny that it was included overseas or retire at plus a thousand, which honestly I don't think is entirely off the table. I think a world where James Harden could play in China is not entirely out of the question. But for now, I think his focus is still on remaining on the NBA as it should be because he is still a highly productive player and. As much as the nonsense does stick to him and all the things that Sixers fans are absolutely sick of James Harden for, and rightfully so, there aren't that many guys that can get you 20 and 10 casually and lead the NBA in assists in the way that James Harden did. But this comes with a price. This comes with the baggage that comes with him, and that's why there's the lack of market. I do think Daryl Morey did tell James Harden that I will do everything possible to trade you, but he just can't guarantee. And I think the market is even lower than Daryl Morey indicated. When you hear the reports of the Clippers not even being willing to include a package like Terrence Mann and things like that, that indicates that they just don't really want him that badly. And that is a, a sign of things to come. But I do want to dive out some of these trade packages. 
I can't see as the most realistic for teams. Some of them I do think are likely and should be weighed heavier, but I just wanted to think about what teams could possibly make sense. Think a little bit outside the box and something that could work together. So I have uh, six options here that I want to get into, uh, and I'm here to break them down one by one. So we'll start off with the most obvious, which is the Los Angeles Clippers, very clearly the team that James Harden wants to go to. And from a basketball perspective, I do see it from James Harden. I do think it makes sense for him to be teaming up with two high-usage wings like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the two guys that are in and out of the lineup. James Harden can have his nights where he catches fire and can take over a game when they aren't there, and he will have those flashes in the pan. They'll look awesome in L.A. He obviously wants to be in L.A. He's a Los Angeles guy, pretty close to where he grew up and where he's from. So I see all the signs that it makes sense, but it takes two to tango, and the Clippers have to put forth a legitimate offer for these six years to do it. When I did my first edition of this list, I really had circled a Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. It's very clear that that's out of the picture. The Clippers want to team up James Harden with those two superstars. They have the new arena opening up that they want to sell tickets for, and that puts their best chance of winning a championship and having a contending team is by putting those three stars together. So in this trade, and this is very clearly an indication of the market lowering a little bit, but I have the Clippers trading Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Brandon Boston, and a 2028 first-round pick for James Harden and P.J. Tucker. This is still a lot to give up for the Clippers, but this is a deal that if you want James Harden, you absolutely do it. These are not guys that are that integral to their offense. I mean, Robert Covington completely fell out of the rotation last year. Brandon Boston barely played. I love Brandon Boston. He's a little bit of a sweetener in this deal for me. I could be talked into doing it without this. And from the Sixers' perspective, this makes sense. Honestly, ideally, I would like to keep P.J. Tucker but it seems like P.J. Tucker has soured on the whole situation of, of Daryl Morey and James Harden being at each other's throats. He's a guy who's taking Harden's side, and I do respect that from a teammate aspect. All these guys have quite a bit of history together, dating back from their time in Houston. And uh, we saw the P.J. Tucker Instagram story of him saying, never switching sides on my guys and everything like that. If he wants to hang with Harden, that's cool with me. And, and that might be in everyone's best interest to ship him off. I did enjoy the one season of P.J. Tucker in Philadelphia, but I understand the frustration and the lack of box score impact. We will get more box score impact from guys like Norman Powell, like Marcus Morris, who is a Philly guy. And by the way, Norman Powell, I think it was underrated on how talented this guy is. No, he's not a James Harden level talent, but this guy that scored 21.4 points per game just a year ago, that not last season, but the season before, he's a 20 plus point per game scorer. And these are also the types of wings that these Sixers have been missing so drastically. So no, this isn't the superstar talent. And in general, my rule of thumb is the team that has, comes out of a trade with the best player wins the trade. But I think situationally, obviously these Sixers that James Harden's unhappy, that if you can well you can balance your roster in a way it really hasn't been in years, that they could come out on top of this. So that is what I see from a Clippers deal. That I think we're at the point in time where we really need to have a hard conversation about one of these three for one or four for one deals in a potential James Harden swap. You add guys like Marcus Morris, like Robert Covington, like Norman Powell. Those are all well-fitting pieces on a Sixers team around Joel Embiid, around Tyrese Maxey, and you are still built to contend in a bad way. And by the way, I know the cap space plan has been sold pretty heavily from Daryl Morey. I know we dip into this a little with some uh, Norman Powell with three years on his contract, but some of these guys, you're still going to clear space with Marcus Morris, with Robert Covington. It doesn't close the door on this option. And frankly, I'm not as in on this option as many talk about because it takes a star wanting to come to Philadelphia for it to happen. Next up, I want to ship gear to the Miami Heat, who have obviously had their sights dead set on Damian Lillard. That has kind of been a, I, I would guess a, I think that is impacting the James Harden market as well. That I think once the Dame Lillard trade does happen, if he does eventually end up in Miami, which is the likely scenario on everyone's affront, 
then I think the traction starts to pick up in a James Harden trade. I think more the uh, Dame Lillard deal has kind of brought things to a bit of a standstill. But let's say that the Miami Heat are getting sick of the Portland Trailblazer antics. They can't meet the price, that they're over it. They just want to get a deal done. James Harden's a guy who, basketball-wise, I do think makes sense, that they need a guy who can carry the ball more. They need a guy that can create more. Jimmy Butler cannot do it all. He flat-out ran out of gas in last year's run. And they had awesome moments from guys like Caleb Martin who would step up and provide in the opportunity. But they need another star. They need another guy. That that Heat team, as much credit as they deserve, guys like Bam Adebayo, who are very good basketball players, they're lacking the top-end talent to be a champion. And, yes, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and have twice recently, so I can't hate on it too much. But they just need another player of that caliber. I think you can squint, look at it, and talk yourself into James Harden in this situation. So the deal that I have proposed, Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, and Haywood Highsmith to the Sixers for James Harden and Jaden Springer. I think Jaden Springer is very much a Miami Heat type of player, a hard-nosed, defensive-minded guy, still youthful, 20 years old, starting to come in his own as an NBA player. He's not a guy from the Sixers' perspective that I'm itching to give up, but to make this deal work, I think you got to give up a little more than just Harden. And for me, he's a guy that checks those boxes that the Heat can talk themselves into. Now, from the Sixers' perspective, Tyler Hero, I've been an anti-Tyler Hero guy. He's not a guy that is my type of basketball player or a guy that I'm extremely high on, but I do think the pendulum has swung too far and that Tyler Hero is now a little underrated based on the, the public perception. And no, he's not a guy that I ever think can be a number one option on a championship team, but he's a 20-point-per-game scorer on pretty efficient clips. He's a guy that's not afraid of the moment, and he's had some really big moments on really big stages. We've seen it in the playoffs. He's a guy that can create his own shot, has a little bit of playmaking in him, I like Tyler Hero. I think this is a little bit of a buy low moment for the Tyler Hero stock, but you can get in on this guy. You can add him to the rotation. You can pair him with Tyrese Maxey, two Kentucky guys back there. The defense is going to be some concerning uh, concerning moments, but I think if you surround them with the right guys that you can still make it work, and that's the type of offensive talent that you want to bring in, especially when you have him under contract for a couple of years as a guy that you could potentially flip down the line to make it work then. It brings in some more optionality. So Tyler Hero is the focal point. Also bringing in Caleb Martin and Haywood Highsmith. Caleb Martin's kind of at the opposite, opposite end of the spectrum that I think he's a little bit of the high mark of his stock that I don't think Caleb Martin is quite the player that we saw in that playoff run. I think he caught fire uh, and he will come down to earth a little bit, but even him coming down to earth, I think is a very useful and effective player. I think he's a good rotation piece, a guy that can compete on a contending team. He's proven to be able to do that. He is the versatile athletic wing the Sixers have been missing out of. And then Haywood Highsmith, I mean, former Sixer great, a little bit of a process legend. This would be a little bit of a full circle moment. And he's also proven that he can fill successful minutes on a contending team as he did with the Heat just last year. So Haywood Highsmith has taken many steps forward in his development since he left the Sixers. He's a guy who brings energy, got good athleticism, got a good frame. I like this deal. I would do this from the Sixers perspective. I do think the Heat are still going to be too zeroed in on Dame Lillard until that door officially closes. But that is a move that I think is more likely than people give it credit. And if the Lillard door does shut, that we should absolutely be paying attention to. Moving on to trade number three, we're going to the Minnesota Timberwolves for this deal. Now, the Timberwolves, I've pretty much given up on guessing what their perspective on team building is. I don't think this is a deal that makes sense for them, but you know what? Neither did I with the Rudy Gobert trade, and they gave up everything they could possibly give up to make that deal happen. So the James Harden trade that I have to the Minnesota Timberwolves, I have them the Sixers sending James Harden and a 2029 second-round pick in exchange for Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson, and Leonard Miller. Now, I've sat on this channel, and I've compared James Harden to Mike Conley, much to some of your guys in the comments, uh, chagrin and not happiness with me that I thought the gap is not as big as I thought it should be. What I mean by that is the highs of James Harden are absolutely higher than Mike Conley, but the lows are also absolutely lower. 
And that has been my frustration with James Harden is that when he's good, he's the exact player they need. But when he is bad, you can't win with him on the floor. That is not Mike Conley. Mike Conley is about as solid as they come, that he's going to keep within your comfort range as a player, that you're not going to be worried about what he's going to do on a possession-by-possession basis or night-by-night basis. He's going to steer the ship a little. He's a good shooter. He's a good leader. He's a good guy to have in the locker room. An effective playmaker can run an offense. He checks a lot of boxes for what you want in a point guard. And I'm at the point in this Sixers run, and as we build this roster and build this team around Joel Embiid, hoping to retool for really one last run before potentially losing this guy for demanding a trade or however the next things in the card unfold, I want that. I want a guy that's reliable. I want a guy that's consistent. We've had far too much inconsistency. Mike Conley is a good guy to bring in for that. And around the edges, I mean, Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, he's not my style of player either, but he is a UCLA guy, so we'll shout out James for that. He's a guy that's switchable, can guard multiple positions, a decent three-point shooter, even though the form does look a little wacky. He's a guy that competes. He can put the ball on the floor. He can create a little bit. He's a, a type of player these Sixers have not had. And, and again, that is what I'm looking for, is we have to think in a different direction than they have thought before. Kyle Anderson is all of those things and, and is worth throwing in this package. And Leonard Miller, I absolutely love. I can't believe how late this guy went in the draft. I think this was a lottery-level talent. That's the kind of lottery ticket that I'm trying to buy from the Sixers right now. That, to me, is the swing point in this trade. You add Leonard Miller. He's six foot ten. He's versatile. He can put the ball on the floor. Super athletic. Uh, a lot to like about his game. Plays really hard. Good defender. I love Leonard Miller. I think he's a guy that will be some growing pains with. I, I would say probably the first two to three years of his NBA career that I don't expect too much from him. But I think by the time he starts to hit twenty three, you're looking at a legitimate high level NBA player, and that's what these Sixers should be looking to add. Because when let's say the worst case scenario and the Joel Embiid blow up, that there has to be a trade. And you can start to look at a Tyrese Maxey leading the pack. And you have a Leonard Miller coming forward. You have these other guys, Terquavion Smith developing. I'm a little higher on Terquavion than the most. I know he's an undrafted guy, but I do think he's a high-level talent we should keep up. So this kind of keeps options open for everything. And in that same breath, maybe things go absolutely right. Maybe we do have a championship contender here. And you need to make one more all-in push to kind of put the Sixers over the edge. Leonard Miller could grow into the type of piece that can change that type of deal. So those are why you want to add these other players. It kind of works out for a variety of reasons. It's either a guy that you can use heavily or use in a trade to get the guy that you could use heavily. So I like Leonard Miller. I would love to have him in a Sixers uniform, and I would do this trade if I was the Sixers as well. The next up trade, and this is probably the least likely of the trade, but it is the Milwaukee Bucks. And I actually think this holds more weight than people are going to give credit. I can't say that I do see it happening. It would take some real looking in the mirror and changes within the Bucks organization. But we are shipping James Harden and a 2029 second round pick to the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for Drew Holiday. The process will be completed right where it all started. Now, 33 years old, him and Harden are roughly the same age. Holiday looks significantly younger in how they play, but they are the same age. Harden will be 34 when the season starts. Drew Holiday will still be 33, but they are the, the same class there. From the Bucks' perspective, Giannis has never had a guy that can get him easy buckets. In the same way that Harden has further unlocked Joel Embiid by creating entry passes, getting him on the block, things like that, which haven't happened before, as well as in the pick and roll, creating chances. These are all things that can be done for Giannis. And we've seen a ton of focus on keeping the ball in Giannis's hand, allowing him to get downhill to create on his own. That takes a toll. Giannis is still in his prime, still 28 years old, still a guy that has a ton to put forward. But I think making life easy for him could be an awesome route for the Bucs. And let's think about how things ended for them this year, getting swept in the first round by the Miami Heat. 
Now, yes, this looks a little better now that we're a couple months out, and the Heat obviously went on this this run to the NBA Finals. But in the moment, that is one of the biggest failures and biggest disappointments of all, in the playoffs of any sport ever. To be swept by a team that lost in the playing tournament in the first game, that they lost, they almost did not qualify to show up in the first round. They were really bad through the first, uh, through the whole regular season and in that first playing game. And then to kind of flip the switch and just demolish the Bucs. This was the Jimmy Butler wonder series. Jimmy Butler kind of ran out of gas as the playoffs went on and didn't have quite as heroic of a performance. But this specific series, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Heat in the first round of the playoffs, was one of the most impressive individual performances I've ever seen. And that was Jimmy Butler putting this Heat team on his shoulders and the momentum kind of carried things from there. So the, the Bucks have to look at this and say, was that just a fluke? Did we just get caught off guard? Or do we need to take some steps to success? Do we need to figure something out, make some changes? And I can see an argument to me. This absolutely changes the identity of their team. But I think that a Giannis and James Harden duo is really intriguing. I think he has an offensive punch that they have not had. I think there's enough high-level defenders around James Harden that it can fit, that you can find usage, that he's not going to hurt you on the defensive end. And from the Sixers, you add Drew Holiday, who is just about the ideal version of a complimentary guard, that he can play on and off the ball. He'd be a good defensive pairing with Tyrese Maxey. He's a guy who's familiar with Philadelphia, who has grown his game levels upon levels since leaving Philly. He was well-loved when he was here. And he's a guy who won't come with any of the baggage of James Harden. He won't be requesting trades or unhappy with money or things like that. He's an awesome community guy. He fits what the team's looking for from an on-current perspective. And he honestly might be the best individual player that you could potentially get in a trade here. Again, I don't think this is super likely. I think it's more likely the Bucs try and run it back and, and just kind of write off last year as a fluke. But if I was in the Bucks organization, I would give this some serious thought of changing the identity, of reacting to last year's disappointing exit, last year's failure in the playoffs, and consider a James Harden trade there. Moving on to the team number five here, and we have the Toronto Raptors here. This is another team that has not gotten enough attention or buzz in the James Harden sweepstakes. No, I don't think there's anything super legitimate on the table or likely to happen right now, but they're a team that I do think makes sense as a landing spot. Now, this trade that I have here, the Raptors are sending Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher, and Otto Porter Jr. to the Sixers in exchange for James Harden and Jaden Springer. In the same way that I think Jaden Springer was a Heat player, I think he's also a Raptors player, that he's a defensive-minded player, an athletic guy. He can compete on both ends of the floor. He's putting the tools together on the offensive end, but he's definitely more defensive-minded in his nature. He's athletic. He's switchable. He fits these things. I think that's a good sweetener to throw in. The Raptors have no clue what their direction is as a franchise. They don't know what the next steps are. In the same way that we're sitting here guessing, I think the front office is trying to figure out it in the same way. With one year remaining of Pascal Siakam on the roster, continued rumors about OG Ananobi, I do think it makes sense to kind of go for it for one more year, and that would be bringing in James Harden. We saw them do it with Kawhi Leonard, with Kawhi Leonard taking them on that championship. I'm not saying James Harden is Kawhi Leonard. He definitely is not at this stage of this career. But I think Pascal Siakam is far better than when they went on that run. I think OJ Ananobi is ready to contribute to a contender in the way that he never has before. And I think that if you surround James Harden with these long, versatile, switchable guys, it can produce some really high-level results. And I think Harden has a little bit of a, a fire in his gut that we haven't always seen from him. I could see a revenge tour up in Toronto be talked into for Harden. So this is something that I do think is on the table. I think the Raptors are a sneaky team to watch in the James Harden sweepstakes. Who knows how things go from here. But I do think that's one that is not impossible by any means. And from the Sixers' perspective, it's these types of long switchable players that they have not had. The Chris Boucher, who, by the way, is one of the ultimate eye test first analytics guy that I swear I've never seen him miss a shot in my entire life. 
where you check his stats and they're not quite indicative of that, that you can see that he's not that awesome of a shooter, but he is still a stretch for a guy that could play next to Joel Embiid. I could see Daryl Moy trying to hold out for either Pascal or OG. Pascal is one of the primetime free agents that is uh, kind of lynching on this cap space plan. We know the relationship between Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse would have a much better idea of what to expect from each of these guys. There's obviously the familiarity there. Gary Trent Jr. I think is a perfect complimentary piece on a contending team. He's just awesome. Duke product. I've loved him since then. He does all the little things. He's a great shooter. He plays hard defense. He competes. Big Gary Trent Jr. fan. I think he'd be an awesome addition as a small forward kind of wing for this roster. And Otto Porter Jr. is another guy who's proven to be able to do it on contending teams. Played for that Warriors team, which won a championship. He's a good shooter. He shot over 40% in a couple seasons. He can catch fire from deep. He had a slow start to his career. He was a number three overall pick. And then kind of has grown into who he is as a player. And who that is is a very high-level role player, a very high-level rotational piece. So I like Otto Porter. I think these are this is another case where, no, you're not getting the top-level talent that James Harden commands, but you are building a more well-balanced roster and one that could produce more team success. So this is something that I would absolutely consider for these Sixers. And I hope that there are at least conversations going on between Daryl Morey and Masai over in Toronto. Last up, I have the Washington Wizards. This is a little bit one of those of, I have no clue what the Wizards are doing. We know they made the massive trade for Jordan Poole. We know we sent Bradley Beal over. They've had an active offseason. I was very in on the Jordan Poole idea when we talked about uh, uh, trades before the Jordan Poole trade happened. Those were a couple of the Harden trades that I had looked at. I didn't think Harden ever made sense on Golden State, but then they kind of went out and got Chris Paul. So a different player, but a similar mindset there. And, and same with the money. A lot of these sales of why they went and got Chris Paul is why I was hyping up Harden as a possibility in that you swallow the contract for one year and then you get it off the books. I think that's why Chris Paul is there much more than the basketball reasons. But I still want to bring Jordan Poole to Philadelphia, and I would do it via the Washington Wizards here. The trade that I have cooked up is Jordan Poole, Danilo Gallinari, and Corey Kispert to the Sixers in exchange for Harden and Springer. Jordan Poole is pretty cut from a similar mold of the Tyler Hero thing to me, that no, I don't think he's the next superstar or a guy that can be a 1A on a championship team, but I think the stock is just far lower than who he is as a player. Jordan Poole is a flawed basketball player, but still one that is very interesting, and I'm confident we'll figure things out. I think he was kind of damaged by playing within the Golden State system that, yes, they have everything down to a science. They have such a dynamic system that's obviously proven all this success, but it's not made for anybody. I mean, if you go back and watch some tape of Jordan Poole back in his Michigan days, this guy can play real basketball, that he can do some pick and roll stuff. He can make reads. He doesn't need all this off-ball motion. He can create with the ball in his hands. I'm excited to see him with this in Washington. I'd be even more excited to see it in Philadelphia, that I think he's dynamic enough with the ball in his hands that he can make some things happen. I think adding him next to a Tyrese Maxey would, once again, there's some defensive concerns, but the offensive dynamics that those two could create would be awesome. And another huge sell when I talk about both the Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole conversation is one of the things I'm hoping to see from Joel Embiid this season is scale back the offensive impact. I don't need you scoring 33 points a game. Let's get back to the defensive player of the year candidate that you are very well capable of being. Let's scale back the offensive usage, be locked in defensively, be locked in getting rebounds. Having a Joel Embiid behind those two, if he's fully locked in and engaged defensively, that's still a fine defense. There's no world where a locked in Joel Embiid will produce a bottom 15 NBA defense. It's just not going to happen. But to that same breath, we have not seen a locked in Joel Embiid defensively on a regular basis enough in past years that there's been plays that he simply just takes off. Some of it I'm okay with from an injury standpoint, from an injury risk standpoint, and from a usage standpoint. He does so much for this roster, and offensively, his his usage has been off the charts. He's been top five over the past three years in usage percentage, and understandably so. But I would like to see that scaled back. I would like to see him make more of an impact offensively. And frankly, I would just 
Love to see it happen. And, and I think Jordan Poole is the recipe to add to that. And beyond this in this trade, I wanted to throw in Danilo Gallinari, another good like stretch four guy. I don't love him. He's well past his prime, but he hates the Celtics. And that's a good thing to add to any Philadelphia roster. Uh, he's spoken already about how he has these Celtics matchup circle on his calendars. That kind of drew me to him. And he's a guy who's a good shooter. He's a guy who in past years I've talked myself into being a perfect pairing with Joel Embiid. So it makes sense from that perspective. And Corey Kispert has not yet found his NBA footing in, in the professional leagues, but he's a guy who's a lot a knockdown shooter, has had his moments at Gonzaga. He's got a little bit of movement shooting ability, which is really appealing to me. The Sixers really don't have that on roster yet. Uh, really haven't had that since like J.J. Redick, the guy that can fly off screens, let it launch at a moment's notice and knock it down. That's a huge asset within any NBA offense. And these Sixers, especially with a guy with the gravity like Joel Embiid, that's huge. And they have not had that. I don't know if Corey Kispert is the level of J.J. Raddick. In fact, in fact, I know that he's not. But that's still a tool to have in kind of your options. And that's something that I would like to add. So this kind of three for two deal, it's unfortunate. I, again, I would rather not add Jaden Springer to any deal. But if you got to sweet something, that's kind of one that has to go. Ultimately, to get a trade done, the Sixers are probably going to have to roll over and give more than they more than they want to. And that's kind of the way the negotiations work. So those are my trades that I have cooked up for now. Please drop a comment. Let me know your guys' thoughts on all that. Drop a subscribe to the channel if you have not. Make sure to check back in a couple past episodes to hear me and James' full thoughts on the James Harden situation as a whole. Like I said, I don't think this is ending anytime soon, but I do think that there has to be a zoom out. Let's look at the picture. Let's look at the market and come up with some new options for, for trades. So this is what I got for now. I appreciate you guys once again, and I'll talk with you next time. Peace.